Hey, welcome to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. I'm your host, John Jang. Here's what we're checking out on this episode. Why is it from time to time our elevators and escalators can be out of service? Let's tap in to What's the Tea. The next station is... Welcome to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. The public transit system in Metro Vancouver is an expansive one, powered by different modes of transportation that includes the SkyTrain, the C-Bus, the West Coast Express, and all of the different buses that we have on our roads. Uh, Needless to say, getting you from here to there requires a lot of operational planning, and it's something that we're doing constantly throughout the day to the point where we are a pretty well-oiled machine. But sometimes the trickiest part of your commute isn't necessarily about going from point A to point B, It's actually just going up and down. Hold that. How are you? Not great, Bob. Escalators and elevators at our SkyTrain stations play a very important role in your commuting experience, but it's one of those things where you don't really think about it until it's unavailable. Now, most customers can still take the stairs, but not everyone can make that choice. So what's the tea when these services are down for maintenance? Why can't they just stay in service all the time? Escalators in SkyTrain get used constantly. There's no there's no breaks because the train's coming in every few minutes. So there's always people on the escalators all the time. This is Sid Akitan, an elevator and escalator technician at SkyTrain. When life keeps you down, it's up to Sid and his team to literally bring you right back up. There's a lot of people that, 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 that need the escalators and elevators, right, from mobility-wise and all that. So I understand where they're coming from, right? It's a, it's a hassle when one of those units are down. But yeah, usually, it's because it's a public, uh, public unit, things happen all the time. It's get, it gets used almost all day, every day, right? So it's like, it's like your car, right? It breaks down, you got to fix it. And this is these, these things keep on running, you know? So s- small things such as like a screw or like something in the door sill could just... Um, take the elevator or escalator service, right? And you got to be, you got to be ready to go to the job. I want to jump on your your car metaphor there a little bit because you're right. Like cars do break down over time, but if you are good at maintaining your car, doing regular checkups, you hopefully avoid major issues. So, how much of your work is doing preventative maintenance as opposed to doing reactive emergency maintenance, if you will? For Skyfin, the standards are, the standards are pretty high here. So we have a, a A, a B, and a D. You have a a inspection, which is a monthly inspection, where a monthly inspection only that only takes a few hours. That's the one where you check the external safeties. You check your um, handrail inlets, um, your upper handrail inlets, um, your skirt. Um, if any, anyone hits the side of it, the unit should stop so no one gets their foot stuck in the side of the escalator. Um, you check your emergency stop buttons, and then you just check the overall step quality so you run it through just check it all the steps make sure everything is good nothing is broken nothing is defective so that's your monthly inspection um now you got your b inspection which is your quarterly inspection it's a little more a little more complex you got to get into the units so you take a uh, 10 steps out put the hoarding hoarding on because you don't want any customers falling in there you get in there 
in this confined space and you take 10 steps out and then you get inside the unit and then you check the internal safeties, the bottom and top, um, see if all those are working. Like such things like ten tension carriages, your uh, your springs, your chain, you check all that, make sure everything is good, everything is lubricated properly. And you do the same thing on top. You check that out, make sure everything is good. Um, oil the unit, lubricate it properly. Um, that takes about two days. Hopefully nothing in that inspection you see out of order or out of the out of the regular. If the if if you see something that's not to code or that's that's worn out, then it might take a little longer because you gotta fix that, rectify mm -hmm. that problem. And then uh your your most complex is your D. It's the annual inspection that happens once a year. So for escalators, you gotta take out half the steps. So let's say like a station like Grand Low Broad, you got over 100 steps you got to take out, um, clean it from top to bottom, the whole unit. Um, and you're not, you're in a slope as well. So you, you can't do it quick. You got to do it slow and steady because one, one, one false move and you're going to fall down the, the escalator. You check all that. You check the whole, all the nuts and bolts from top to bottom, check all the safeties, lubricate the chain. And one day for taking the steps out, and then you have four or five days to check all the internal internal safeties and another whole day to put the steps back in. Mm. And hopefully nothing is wrong in that um in that inspection. Cause if it if it is, it'll take longer than a week. But usually if everything goes in order, about a about a week, I would say, for an annual. When escalators or elevators do uh go down, are they down because something did break, or are they usually down because you're actually just maintaining what the system has to go through, like whether it's the the monthly, the the quarterlies, or the annuals, like you mentioned? Yeah, well, they they break outside of our scope of work as well, because things happen and just a just the wear and tear of things as well, right? But mostly when they're down because we're always working on them, maintaining them. And once you've done the maintenance after all the units. Next month happens and you got to do it all over again and just repetitive. You keep on doing it. So it looks like it's always down, but it's a lot of maintenance involved. Uh, it's it's quite fascinating because I think people have to also remember that, yes, we have newer stations, but a lot of the Expo line stations, um, they were originally designed as part of Expo 86. A lot of that infrastructure is several decades old. Is that a challenge for you and your team or have you been able to adopt like new technologies over the years to keep it as modern as possible? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, when uh, the Expo line, for example, for the longest time, it was the same units since they installed the Expo line, but now they're retrofitting them, putting new new units in there. And I think Brard's the last one where they're working on to changing it out. Everything else has been retrofitted with new new equipment. This is just my personal observations, but more people are using escalators. So what, what is the lifespan of that like? If you have managed to fix it up and let's say it's at 100%, um, at what point does it start getting to a point where it needs critical repairs or something? Each station is different, I guess, right? Like how much usage you get, like for Lake City example, it doesn't get used that much, right? Compared to like commercial or Burrard or Granville waterfront, where it's heavily used, right? And then for elevators, um, obviously they they operate very differently from an escalator, and I I would imagine there's more moving pieces in an elevator. This is just me being a total rookie. I have no idea, yeah, so I'm, sure. I'm just making that presumption. Um, is it generally the same too? It just kind of depends on wear and tear of how busy those elevators might be. For elevators, like you got hydro hydraulic elevators, which is oil, Burrard and Waterfront, they go up and down constantly, right? So like a car oil get heat, heats up. And whereas now the newer, the newer units have roped, they use roped and counterweight. 
So there's no oil involved. So hmm. it, it lasts a little more longer. Sit, maybe take us through like a comparable. So our escalators are publicly accessible, right? They're, they're open pretty much all day and all night. Um, so how does that compare in terms of maintenance requirements when we try and maybe look at a, an escalator in, in a place that's not as busy, let's say in a, in a mall, for example, how does that maybe work for you? Because you know that there's just a frequency difference between ours and theirs, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, the escalators in SkyTrain get used 24-7 all day, constantly. There's no there's no breaks because there's people come. The train's coming in every few minutes. So there's always people on the escalators all the time. Whereas in a mall, you got people coming through. People come in like installments, right? And malls only open only so-and-so hours of the day where the system's open almost all day, every day, seven days a week. And constantly you got people coming through. The, the sheer volume of the people and the frequency of people it just never stops on uh, the SkyTrain. Escalators that maybe get five people an hour obviously require less maintenance than escalators that maybe get 20 people a second or something along those lines, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You got that, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the, the amount of people makes a big difference in the frequency because you you got weight on them. You got people using them. You got people hitting them. So the more people that, that, that use escalators, the, the, the chance of things breaking is more as well. Maybe you can share this. Like, are there specifically other stations that are just a little bit more tricky to work on? Is it Granville, for example, just because of the sheer size of that escalator? Or is it somewhere else in the system where maybe just because of how it's designed or the space or whatever it might be, it's just sometimes more finicky than some of the others? Yeah, mostly it's the downtown, like from commercial onwards, because mm -hmm. it gets more busy. That's where everyone piles up there right so like for the downtown zones there's only one elevator in each station right so when you take that out of service there's no way people can you know move around right and like waterfront you got the cruise ships coming in right with people's bags and all that stuff so you mm -hmm. take it out of service for maintenance people can't you know get out of the station or you got to walk around or carry up the stairs or the escalator right so and, you know, I think that's also important to keep in mind. You mentioned it right off the top, like when elevators and escalators aren't working, it, it's annoying, but it's not the worst case scenario because the stairs are always available. You and I can walk up and down it no problem. But those that have physical disabilities, those that might be parents with uh, babies in strollers, those that are, you know, just carrying lots of luggage or whatever it might be. Um, it, it does create a challenge for things like that. And you mentioned sometimes you have to deal with concerns from customers while you're working on site. Uh, but maybe important to keep in mind that these services are way more important for for people that just have different challenges than maybe you and I would, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's for, definitely it's a it's an inconvenience for the customers. But luckily, we have a good team. Like the SDAs help out too, right? When we're working on, so they they provide assistance, helping the customers while we're while we're we're working. They set up either like the taxi service or just guide them to get there to get mm -hmm. where they need to be, right? So it's good that way. Let's take a quick pause here and really understand why our elevator escalator technicians like Sid take such pride in their work. They recognize the importance of accessibility for our customers. And with that in mind, I want to introduce you to my friend Ben Dooley. Now, Ben lives in Surrey but works in downtown Vancouver and is a regular Translink customer. Ben was born with spina bifida and uses a wheelchair. This is Ben's story on how an out-of-service elevator can disrupt his daily commute. Well, it, it depends on, on the station. Um, you know, if I go to Granville, that, that's uh, the, the station that I use most frequently, and I see that the elevator is out of service, I know that, okay, 
my plan is to hop back on the train, go to Waterfront, and then transfer to Vancouver City Center. That's the easiest place to for me to go um, to get me where I need to be. But if it's a station that I'm not as familiar with and there's a broken elevator, then my mind starts racing and I have to, you know, figure out a new plan to get me where I need to be, whether that's, you know, finding a TransLink attendant who might be able to suggest, you know, a different route, calling TransLink customer service and, and hoping that I can get through in a in a relatively uh, quick manner and seeing if if they have anything to suggest or or sometimes I'll I'll head to Google and and uh, and do the old Google Maps to to uh, you know punch in my destination and see you know how the heck am I gonna gonna get to where I need to be because uh, this elevator has uh, has broken down and and I'm not able to use it. On average, then how? If you, I mean, maybe it's a little bit tricky, but how, how much of a delay does that add into your whole like commuting time? If we're talking just one-way trip? Well, as it just so happens, um, on my way to work this morning, I ran into a broken elevator oh, no. um, at Granville Station. Um, I, I got a text at um, 5.55 this morning letting me know that the elevator was out of service. So I could plan, you know, okay, this elevator is out of service. Mm-hmm. Maybe I leave a little bit early today. Um, and so I can account for, you know, the fact that I'm going to have an additional travel time. And with the Granville station, like I said, I'm, I'm familiar with Granville. I know, you know, what plan B is. And so once I, I figure out plan B, then that's from, from Granville to city center is probably an additional 20 minutes, I would say. 20 minutes. But again, it depends because if I don't have an immediate plan B that I can put into action, right. then there's the added time of figuring out what my plan B is going to be before I can continue on my route. Again, I've never had to endure something like that before. So take us through like almost the whole experience when you know that you got to get off at Vancouver City Center. Well, um, the route that I take, um, City Center is actually closer to where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So, so that's not too bad, but I'll... I'll go back to the example of Granville again. Uh, Granville has two elevators, right. which is great, and I think that you know every station should have two elevators in a perfect world. But one of the elevator at Granville comes out at about the halfway point of a of a pretty big hill, and the other elevator comes out at the very bottom of that very big hill. Right. So if that elevator that's at the halfway point goes out of service. Then I got to start at the bottom of the hill, and it's it's, it's a grind. A, it's a grind um, getting up that that huge hill. So, so even you know in a scenario where you've got two elevators, if one of them goes out of service, that's still a problem for me. Yeah. So I think listening to you, it's it's not so much the reasons why that matter. It's just about making sure the services are as operational as possible. Yeah, it, it's making sure that the the services are operational and. You know, communicating what somebody is supposed to do when the the elevator is down. Because you know what, I'm I think that I'm a pretty reasonable person. I understand that you know sometimes elevators break, sometimes they they need maintenance and they're gonna go out of service. But when they do, tell me, you know, what what are my options here? Do I need to take a bus? Do I need to, you know, go to a different SkyTrain station? What are 
what are the options that I have to, to get to where I, I need to go? Um, because that, that's all that matters is getting me from point A to point B, and that, that's what's important to me as a, as a commuter. The, the analogy that, that I always use, and I'll go back to something um, you said earlier, when an elevator goes out of service or an escalator goes out of service, you can just use the stairs. But what would happen if the stairs were out of service for you? You know, an elevator going out of service for me is like the stairs going out of service. You know, if, if the stairs went out of service, you know, that would be a huge inconvenience, a huge problem for the large majority of, of transit users. A universally accessible public transit system doesn't just mean our modes of transportation are the ones that live up to those standards. It means bus loops, bus stops and exchanges, SkyTrain stations, they all have to be accessible as well. And this is why elevator maintenance and accessibility play such a key role in the work that we do every single day. With that in mind, let's go and finish up our chat with Sid. It's all about making sure that, again, like everyone's commuting experience is as, as convenient and as, a, as efficient as possible. But of course, sometimes there are things that happen, such as maintenance, where we're trying to do the best we can to make sure that their next trip and the many more trips after that can be reliable and comfortable. So uh, just one thing that I do want to share and keep people uh, keep on top of mind for people that are listening. What are some of the more common issues with escalators and elevators if you can share that like it's it is it just something gets stuck and then all of a sudden everything freezes and you have to find which part of it gets stuck or is it kind of more elaborate than that um so in my experience for escalators the most common problems i had is screws in the in the treads of the of the combs because mm. there's um there's safeties where if there's a, a, a screw that's stuck in the comb it stops it make, making sure that nothing breaks the the combs on the top, right, or the bottom. So it just shuts it down. So that's the most common for the escalators. For the elevators, the most common problem are the doors. If anything gets jammed in the doors, like a safety oh, thing, right? In case someone's yeah. hand or something, it just it stops. Or even in the sill, there's something jammed in there, it shuts it down, right? So that's the most common issues that I've had with those units. Do you find a lot of like lost items that people have dropped in that space between the elevator and then, you know, the platform? Like, you know, I think people might drop probably coins, maybe sometimes a cell phone. I hope it doesn't happen too often, but like, do you find things like that down there when you're clearing it out? Oh yeah, yeah, I found tons and tons of, tons of random stuff. That's where I get my tips from, right? All the $5. <laughs> <laughs> that's, from, that's from my work and my hard work, right? So yeah, but yeah, a lot of random stuff, phones. I've dropped my phone many times in there, you know? Oh like good. New yeah. Phones, right? um, yeah, like compass cards, credit cards, debit cards. I want to share a story with you, Sid, when I was younger and my family had immigrated from Korea, like not that long prior. Um, I was new to the country. I didn't read English that well. And my mom took me to Lougheed Mall. Yeah. Inside Lougheed Mall, there's many escalators. And I remember looking at this thing because I, I don't think I'd ever seen an escalator before. And there's this big shiny red button right near the bottom of it. It's oh, yeah. the emergency button. Of yeah. course, I didn't know that. And being just a curious child, I pressed it. And then all of a sudden, everyone got mad at me because the escalator stops working. Yeah. How annoying is that for you and your team? Like if somebody just even accidentally presses that button, um, is it kind of simple to turn it back on again? Or do you actually have to go through an inspection process just to make sure that there's nothing wrong with the whole thing? Oh, no. If, if that happens, that's that's not a really big deal for us. That's We, we go in there. That's I, I like those calls. They're easy fixes. You just go in there and turn the key on and you're good to go. Um, but like, let's say if you got a fall on an escalator or mm. something like that, then you got to check 
you got to basically do a, a monthly inspection on it just to make sure that it's, it's not caused by the escalator. So that's the only thing. But like something like what you did, like push the stop button, it's no big deal. Okay, good. Because I felt really bad after, you know, ultimately when I start to look up and I see everyone's just looking around confused and then there's just me with my hand on the red button, I bolted as quickly as I could. But yeah. I, I'm glad to know. So thank you for making uh, small young John at least a little bit relieved that yeah. didn't ruin somebody's day too badly. Um, yeah. And so I guess like the final note to, to people listening is that, yes, like the public perception is that when escalators or elevators aren't working, you don't know whether it's not working because it's just broken and out of service or because your team is actually doing the maintenance. But at the end of the day, it sounds like there's more maintenance than there is actually breakdowns. That's just my my takeaway from you. hundred percent for sure. Because I, like I said, it's a public unit. So we got to be on top on top of the ball on this, right? Keep, keep everything up to date. Make sure everything is safety wise everything is good everything is working all the switches are working all the all the safety uh, components are working so i understand where the customer is coming from when they look at it it's always down but on our on our end we got to do the our safety checks and and it's just a repetitive thing over and over again it's worth repeating safety is our number one priority no matter what and that's why maintenance of our systems from top to bottom is such a high priority in ensuring reliable public transit options for everyone in a perfect world, maintenance wouldn't matter because wear and tear simply wouldn't exist. But here in the real world, it takes skilled and well-trained technicians like Sid and his team to make sure that your next trip will be as smooth as possible. My thanks to Sid Akitan for providing valuable insight on his work, Ben Dooley for taking the time to share his thoughts with me, producer Alan and Alex Jackson for the logistics and planning on this episode, and you for listening and subscribing. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. I've been your host, John Jang, and until next time, have a safe trip. We've become all too familiar with problems. It's time we're introduced to some solutions. The transit-friendly employer certification exists to support and promote transit use, one of the easiest, most effective actions we can take to address climate action and livability. Organizations that provide a 50% transit subsidy will receive this certification. The time to act is now. Become a transit-friendly employer today.